1: Welcome to this week's episode of The Fade Route with D-N-Z-I-M-D and we got a great show for you tonight. On today's episode of The Fade Route, we say goodbye to a great football player and a great person, Tom Brady gets a big win in overtime, and Coach Joe Judge likes the direction the New York Giants are heading. But we begin today's show with NYCFC winning their first championship in their short history, NYCFC beat the Timbers in penalty kicks 4-2, giving New York its first championship since the Giants in 2011. Z, you are a big NYCFC supporter. What did you like about the game? How was the parade? And which team is in New York is closest to bringing New York another championship?
0: First things first, let me get this off my chest campeones campeones ole 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 i feel better now but um, it was an evenly matched game it definitely you know you would think that the age and experience factor would f- would favor the portland timbers but the the young legs would kind of catch up to them it was a wet pitch It neutralized the speed of NYCFC, but ultimately it was a very, very evenly matched contest. And I was talking about this with my girl. Whenever NYCFC crosses from the right to the left, they have success. And that is, you know, that is where they get their... That's, that's where they score their goals. That's where they make their money. And Maxi Morales off the set piece to Tati Castellanos, finishing it off. It was a fantastic goal. And he proved why he was the Golden Boot winner this year. He was that... He had that much touch on it. And in typical Ranger fashion, in the 93rd minute with just seconds to go before the horn... They didn't need to go to PK. They didn't need to go to overtime, but Felipe Mora, they they allowed Felipe Mora to get in and, you know, he, he beat Sean. Credit, he beat Sean Johnson. Better, be, good credit to Felipe Mora, but Johnson got his revenge in the PKs. You know, it's one thing, it is one thing to stop The PKs, but to be so locked in that you stop the first two, that definitely sets the tone for the remainder of the PKs. Because Tati Castellanos got in on it, he scored. You had, you know, it ended up being 4-2 in PKs. Alex Callens sealing the deal. So congratulations to Los Celestes, the boys in blue, this year's champs. There's already been turnover on the roster due to expansion and contracts. So, you know, this team will not look the same next season, but uh, hopefully things are bright for them again. As far as contenders for a championship not named NYCFC, it's hard to say because if you're looking at baseball, are we going to even have a season this year? I mean, between Rob Manfred and Tony Clark, it's very difficult for me to believe that they're going to have any more than like a 60-game season if they can get to the negotiating table and not trip over themselves blaming each other. The Giants are trash. The Jets are trash. The Knicks have bottomed out since their hot start. The Islanders have been, you know, ravaged by COVID and they have not played well. So that leaves you, that leaves me anyway, with two teams. Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets, and the New York Rangers. We've been saying this with Brooklyn ever since they formed they formed up this team. Like, this is a win or bust. This is a win now. And it's almost shit or get off the pot time for them. The Rangers are still young. They're still hungry. They got waxed by Colorado. But I think that the future is actually brighter for the New York Rangers and I would, if I were a betting man, I would put my money on them hoisting the Stanley Cup before Brooklyn wins the Larry O'Brien.
1: Yeah, I mean, just to give my two cents on the, the MLS soccer championship, I mean, the game is exciting. The rain element made it, like you said, it evened it up. Timbers seemed to be playing defense most of the game. They tried to beat NYC FC on the rush. So essentially they, they let NYC FC come in and they were trying to then rush them after they made their attempt or on a steal or so forth. And it it just didn't work in their favor. I felt the ref was definitely letting them play in the first half a little bit too much in my opinion. Didn't really care for that. Um, as you alluded to, NYCFC scored in the first half. That kind of set the tone for the game. Timbers scored in stoppage time. Looked like there was a clear foul in the box there, but they weren't going to call it with that hostile crowd. In penalty kicks, backup goalie Sean Johnson, backup US goalie Sean Johnson, showed why he's one of the best in the in the world. I mean, he's one of the best goalies in the world. He's he's probably going to be the you know the US team's goalie in the next couple of years then to speak about which new york team could bring new york another championship or which one is closest in the coming years yeah i mean i'm i'm gonna go with the new york nets especially if kyrie comes back i mean the yankees seem like they're losing free agency and like you said we don't know if baseball's gonna have a season the mets are in a tough division they seem to be you know, not maybe not rebuilding, but in the middle of building something. Uh, you know, I like the Rangers. I like the Islanders, but hockey is so unpredictable. I mean, we had the Islanders over the last two years had a really good team, and they seem to just get beat in the playoffs by a hot goalie. I mean, it just, it just happens. Um, Jets and Giants are trash. Seem to be headed towards a hard restart. So if I had to go with a team, I think the Nets would be the closest one to bring in New York, a championship. And it could be as soon as this year.
0: I mean, we're definitely going to see because, you know, the Brooklyn Nets are ready made. You have a virtual all star team, you know, on that roster. But they do have some stiff competition, you know, all they, they have. Miami. You have Milwaukee. You have the Cleveland Cavaliers. Where did the Cleveland Cavaliers come from? I'm actually so, watching them
1: right now. They're playing very well. <laughs> <laughs> they're up by 40 against the Rockets. It's pretty crazy.
0: <laughs> well, the, I mean, the Rockets, like, I don't know what the hell they're doing. So, like, I, I checked into that. It was like 79-39 last time I checked that. Sounds be, about
1: right. Way
0: to go, Coach Silas. I don't, I don't know what's going on over there, but whatever. Um, yeah, you do have some plenty, plenty stiff competition and, you know, with the Rangers, like, I definitely, I appreciate what Chris Drury did. He addressed the toughness situation. He addressed the overly skilled nature of this team. Yes, skill is good, but you need a balance. You can't be soft. And the Rangers, over the past few years, had become a soft team. Now, this, they made themselves a tough out very, very quickly. And Girard, I love how Gerard Gallant is playing. You know, I, I love their their style. Goal Goaltending is going to be an issue. If Shesterkin has to miss any yeah. length of time, Georgiev is not a number one. Kincaid is your backup right now. They called up a guy from... Hartford the other day, and he let six in, and then they brought Kincaid up because they figured this guy can't cut the mustard. But with hockey, like you said, it is predict- it is predictable. The hottest team is the team that usually ascends to the top, and I wouldn't bet against the Rangers. They have the- they have young legs, they're hungry. I would definitely go with that. Brooklyn, there's there's pressure. There's definite pressure with Brooklyn to achieve. And I don't know if this particular group can handle that pressure. We know Kevin Durant can, individually. But I don't know about the other guys on this roster. I just don't know.
1: Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're, we're on the topic of who we think, or which team we think in New York can provide New York their next championship. But I think we're both in agreement it's not going to be a football team. Uh, the New York Jets, not even worth really talking about this week. We're going to go straight to the Giants who lose again. We're just picking on your teams this week, Z. Uh, after the game, Coach Joe Judd said he was encouraged by the way the team played and fought. This comes after uh, they were down 37-7 to at one point. He told reporters they have a solid foundation likes the direction the team is heading. Local reporters seem to think Gettelman will be done after this year, whether he gets fired or retires. What did you think of Joe Judge's comments after the game? And how did you feel about the way the team played on Sunday?
0: At one point, it was thirty seven to (laughs) seven. There's absolutely nothing positive you can say absolutely absolutely nothing. nothing. Absolutely nothing. Usually with the Giants, you can say, okay, you know, the defense played hard. You know, they just they didn't score enough to compliment the deep no trash. 37 to 7. Why couldn't
1: he just come to the podium and say we played like dog shit? Like why couldn't he come? Why would he say something like this? Where is their PR department? How could you possibly talk about the foundation of this team? It's been four years, Joe.
0: <laughs> well, here's the thing. He, this is a desperate act of a desperate man desperately trying to hang on to the locker room. And it ain't going to work. Sorry, it's just not going to work. You have, there's nothing positive you can hang your hat on. You know, Saquon Barkley, Mr. Touched by the Hand of God. Only ran for 64 yards, talking to the Associated Press how he wants to finish his career as a giant.
1: And he back and he also backed Joe Judge. It's like, dude, you both are going, man.
0: Yeah. It's like, all right, you you wanna <laughs> okay. be you want to finish your career as a giant. Are you telling me you're retiring at the end of this year? Because this is that's a pretty putrid performance by Saquon Barkley. You I mean your leading receiver was Kyle frickin' Rudolph? Yes, it's important to have a tight end especially for a team with a young quarterback you need you need a check down you need a safety valve this is the first time that Kyle Rudolph has been like a prominent member of this offense and he only caught two passes mind you so fantastic you're averaging 33 yards Glennon. scrubino absolute scrubino third 17 to 36 191, two touchdowns... we
1: know who he is! We We do know know who he is! We We know know who he is! is. No, we totally do.
0: We're not gonna... We absolutely do. So, for Joe Judge to try and blow smoke up fans' asses... Shows me that he's not the right guy for the job. And he's gonna end up being collateral damage after Dave Gettleman either retires, gets fired, like, whatever. He... Joe Judge is not going to be long for this team. He's probably not going to get another head coaching opportunity after this. So he's trying to salvage, you know, or trying to put a a nice spin on whatever that was. But you cannot tell me that you're losing by 30 and you you have any kind of positive feedback to give to anybody. You know, I mean, the only person you could possibly compliment is your kicker. Graham Graham Gano has been the MVP for the past two seasons, and your kicker should never be the MVP of your offense. Never, ever. Hey, hey, Graham,
1: thanks for not embarrassing us today. We appreciate it. Thank you. So, I mean, mean, just just to put things in perspective here, I mean, when you start saying things like the team has a good foundation, and you like the direction the team is heading, you're either completely inept or you're trying to separate yourself from Gettleman, right? I mean, that's got to be what he's trying to do, right? Right. Uh, Either way, this was a poor choice of words. The Giants are just undisciplined, right? I mean, the whole the whole thing with Joe Judge is like, okay, this guy's never been a head coach before, never even been a coordinator, but he's going to bring discipline to the team. I don't see a disciplined team out there. There is nothing to like about this team.
0: No, sir. Ken-
1: Kenny Galladay, Adoree Jackson, and Kyle Rudolph are costing the Giants $123 million. They let guard Zeitler go to the Ravens, who's playing extremely well on that offensive line. Galladay is making double what any other wide receiver that was signed this offseason is making. The Giants rank 30th in offense. Okay? Now let's look at how great they really how great they drafted. Okay? Twenty twenty, last year. Top ten picks. Okay? Burrow. Chase Young. Jeff Ogada. Andrew Thomas is the player that the Giants took. He's an offensive tackle from Georgia. Not even the best tackle in the draft. Players that went after Andrew Thomas: Tua, Justin Herbert, Isaiah Simmons, Makai Becton, Henry Ruggs. Well, we know what happened there. This is this is a disaster. Wait, let's go to 2019 draft. A la Daniel Jones at number six, right? Chosen over Ed Oliver. Chosen over Devin Bush. Come on. I mean, this was not this is this was just it's not a good team. They're not playing well. They can well, they can lose they can it, lose the they can lose the rest of their games. In
0: my opinion, you also left out the most important one. Drafted Saquon Barkley at number two, and you could have Quentin Nelson.
1: Yes. Quentin Nelson. You could have Quinton... Wait, you could have Quinton Nelson as your guard. And you could have uh, Justin Herbert as your quarterback right now.
0: Oh, You want to even talk about... Let's talk about this year's draft. You drafted Kadarius Toney. I'd rather have Rashawn Slater. Rashawn Slater's a beast. He's knocking people off the line. Like, come on. This... It, I don't know what Dave Gettleman saw, but it, it is not you know I'm not seeing it
1: but just but say what it but just say what it is right Like Mike Tomlin comes out and says what it is. We played like the JV in the first half. We came to play the second half and it was too late. Thank you Mike. I could take that to the bank because that's honest truth. What was it? Uh, Ryan Clark came out bashing the Steelers, saying they got no heart. The defense is soft. They're not playing well. well. Tomlin comes out and goes, you know what? Players who have come through this door before hold us to a higher standard, and they should. Didn't get into an argument with Ryan Clark. Didn't say Ryan Clark was wrong. Didn't say Ryan Clark was right. But said, man, he's holding us to a higher standard, and he should. Joe Judge holds your team to a higher standard than 37-7. to We played good. We played great. We really tried. What the fuck, dude?
0: <laughs> moral victories don't exist. The moment you start acknowledging moral victories as a head coach, you're done. You might as well just pack your friggin' bags. We punted this, it well. <laughs> yeah, we punt, yeah, right. Yeah, the two best players on your team are Riley Dixon and Graham Gano. Ganolo Gano Logano. That's all you gotta know.
1: They want Jake from to start. Jake Froms like I am going to start, dude. Jake, Jake Froms like I'm. <laughs> going to. getting, thanks for getting me off the practice squad. But I'm, I'm not playing now. I don't, <laughs> I don't know any. I don't, I don't know what these plays are. I, this is not. No, Glennon's doing great. I'll sit here and hold the clipboard.
0: Yeah, oh, he's fine. Yeah, and Mike, Glennon is, yeah. He's is he still he's still getting paid by the Bears, right? He's probably guy. He's probably living off of that sweet ass Chicago Bear money. So there's only one person who might be worse
1: than David, Dave Gettleman.
0: And that's Pace. So, like, way to go. Good, good job, Chicago.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's my only problem with Joe Judge is that I just – I want you to come out and say what it is. Don't sugarcoat it. This is this is where we are. We're, we're not a good football team. We're not playing to the standard that we set for ourselves. And I don't think there's – I mean, come on. What is it? I think in the – In the 2018 draft, if I'm mistaken, I believe Nick Chubb went in the second round of that draft. Mm -hmm. Sony Michelle went 31 in the first round. Lamar Jackson went 32. You took Saquon Barkley at two. At two.
0: Even if you didn't believe in the quarterbacks, right? If you didn't believe in Darnold, if you didn't believe in Baker Mayfield, there were other positions you needed to address. You could have maybe, could have maybe stuck with Eli Manning a little bit more, bring in a stopgap if you didn't want, if you wanted to move on from Eli Manning. Maybe, shit, Geno Smith was under contract for a little while. Give Geno Smith a year if you really didn't believe, if you didn't want to, if you didn't believe in the quarterbacks that were coming out. And Baker Mayfield has shown you that he's not, you know, he's, an okay quarterback. Sam Darnold has shown you he's trash. Right. Like Lamar Jackson was definitely the quarterback, but are you, were they willing to stretch? Clearly not because they decided to choose a running back and running backs that high in the draft, you know, as well as I, they are very risky,
1: but there was no need to reach. Right. I mean, he, there were other backs in this draft, like Sony, Michelle, Ronald Jones has proven he's a decent Mm -hmm. he's a decent running back he ain't great but he's decent Nick Chubb to me I think is this is the stud for running back from this group I would say you had Jair Alexander you had Liam Venderhash Frank Ragnall like this was a the 2018 draft wasn't as bad as people think it is if he weren't a quarterback I just it just bothers me that he gets up to the podium and he says stuff like that
0: Looking to break into broadcast media, web development, social media marketing, or filmmaking? Then CSB is the program for you. From day one, you'll be trained hands-on by industry pros like friend of the show Rob Adams, whose goal is to get you trained and get you working in months, not years. CSB offers 8- and 16-week programs in small class sizes designed to give you the personalized attention you need. If you can make it in person, there are five East Coast locations. If you can't, they offer virtual classes too. How great is that? And once you graduate, you become part of the alumni network that gets you to the front of the line. Trust me, I'm an love myself. Go to GoCSB.com today, request more info, set up a studio tour, and who knows, you may very well be on your way to a career in broadcast media. That's GoCSB.com and tell them Z sent you. CSB.
1: But, you know, one of the, you know, besides hearing that dribble from Joe Judge this weekend, it was a melancholy news where we heard about the passing of Demarius Thomas, the All-Pro, spent 10 years as a wide receiver with the Denver Broncos, one year with the New York Giants, and a half a season with the Texans. He was famous for his quiet demeanor and positive attitude. He won a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning in Denver and was the recipient of Tim Tebow's 80-yard touchdown pass in overtime to beat the Steelers in the 2012 wildcard game. The Broncos started their offensive possession with only 10 men on the field to honor Thomas, as they also had a memorial for him outside the stadium. How will you remember DT...
0: Well, for me, there's one play, right? Because Demaryius Thomas was a good wide receiver. I mean, he wasn't a flashy guy. He was solid, got the job done. He was paired with Manuel Sanders. They were an effective duo. But for me, I'm thinking back to that overtime pass from Tim Tebow that was the dagger, and knocked out the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, that is the moment, the seminal moment in Demarius Thomas's career. But, 143 career games played, 724 receptions for 9,700 yards. Pretty solid. Pretty solid. 63 career touchdowns. Overall, a very solid player. It is a shame that... You know, he passed so suddenly and, you know, we just want to pay our condolences, pay our respects to his family. And we hope that, you know, as things progress, that there's no foul play associated with this and there's no you know, underlying issues that, you know, it was it was just you know, natural causes. So rest in peace, DT.
1: Yeah. I mean, reports are saying that, uh, he was in a car accident about a year ago. And ever since the car accident, he was suffering from, um, seizures. Um, so they believe that he, he had a seizure while he was taking a shower. And, you know, those, those things can turn out to be deadly if, you know, someone, you know, doesn't arrive to help you out. Um, My thoughts are, I wish I knew the person. You know, I only really knew him as a football player. And from the wonderful things, not only in his death, but that we heard about while he was playing, he was just a quiet giant. Like, he was just a really good player, really good person. Um, Not one to get angry, not short-tempered, just kind of went on the field and did his business. Um, He retires as the Broncos' number two all-time lead in receptions receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. I was never a fan of Peyton Manning, but it was hard to hate on how good DT was. He posted five consecutive years with at least 90 receptions. I believe only four players have done such such a feat. And 1,000-yard seasons. Gone way too soon. Life is not supposed to end like that, man. Just not.
0: No, absolutely not. And, you know... It's one of those things. He was only thirty three, you know. He's young, by football standards and by life standards. You know, it's he was taken way too soon, but he lived a full life and he got out of he he got out of football what he want what he wanted to get out of it. He retired recently over the summer, and he seemed to be at peace with you know, his transition to life after football. So New
1: York, the New York Jets will do that to you.
0: Well, the New York Jets will, you know, the New York <laughs> Jets will kind of make you question a lot of things.
1: Make you question life. we do it? But they, you know, they, uh, the Broncos took care of the Lions on Sunday. They drummed them out to the beat of 3810. Uh, they have a really important stretch of games coming up. They're going to be playing uh, three out of their next four against division opponents. How do you like their chances in making the playoffs?
0: It's, you know, they have a shot. I'm not going to completely poo-poo that, but you're, you're definitely... You're definitely gonna be battling some other teams for this, you know, for the last spot. You know, let's let's be real here. The Kansas City Chiefs have taken over that division. Let's, yeah, but, yeah. Surprisingly,
1: so the, right? I mean they were at the bottom of the division after three weeks in the season and they've they've rose to the occasion, but the division's very competitive, right? I mean the, the Chiefs are sitting at the top at nine and four, but right on their tails, eight and five chargers, which they play tomorrow in LA. Mm-hmm. Then you have the Broncos at 7-6, and six and the Raiders at 6-7. and seven. I mean, this has got to be one of the most competitive divisions in football right now. Not right be- behind the NFC North.
0: Not, not, to me- not to mention the fact that currently, the Browns and Bengals are both ahead of them on the bubble. So yeah. the Bills are trending out. The Colts trending up, but they can quickly get knocked out because they're playing the Patriots. The Ravens, if this Lamar Jackson thing lingers... They could easily be at the playoffs. So, this is wide open right now. And, you know, I can easily see the Broncos slipping in ahead of the Bills right now because the Bills are just playing, you know, not up to their full potential.
1: Is your hair thinning or is your hairline receding? Scalp micropigmentation will fill in the areas where your hair is missing by creating a short buzz cut look. Micropigmentation is a non-invasive procedure that will create the illusion of hair follicles for seven to 10 years. For people with alopecia, this could be a permanent fix. For people with scars on their scalp, this is a great way to camouflage a scar. Don't lose confidence or feel like you need to wear a hat wherever you go. Marquez Studio is located in the Bronx and is open for all your scalp micropigmentation needs consultations are free and appointments can be made any day of the week get your hairline back with scalp micropigmentation the texas marquez studio have over 30 years of hair cutting experience and can assist you with all of your questions call to schedule a consultation today 646 Two two one eight seven two eight. You can also visit them on Instagram at Bronx Marquez to see their gallery and view all their satisfied customers. Again, that is Marquez Studio, located in the Bronx, New York, 646
0: Tom Brady and the Bucks blew a twenty one point lead against the Bills, but still managed to win in overtime. <laughs> when will these people learn about Tom Brady? I, I, I seem to constantly we seem to constantly forget about this man. I, I don't understand it. They
1: need to listen to our podcast. That's what really needs to happen. I really? mean come on, you're on the you're you're uh you're a fourth and goal. Down by three. In Tampa, you just came back from being down t- 21 points and you decide to kick a field goal and give the ball back to potentially the best player and the best quarterback in the world. I mean, come on. You deserve, they deserve to lose that game. You cannot give this man the ball. What does he do for his 400 what is his his 700th or whatever touchdown pass he threw was the game winner. How, how storybook is that?
0: Well, it's that is Tom Brady. He lives a charmed life. I think we can we can definitively say that. But does this game say more about the Bills to you and their ability to blow games or is it more about the Bucks and their ability to come back?
1: I mean, this to me, this game says more about the Bucks. I mean, we know what the Bills are right now, right? We know what the Bills are. They are a dead end street. When was the last time a team won a Super Bowl with their quarterback being their leading rusher and their leading passer? We've been saying this since week one. McDermott had Zach Moss inactive again. You draft this guy in the third round to make him inactive, to have the quarterback lead the team in rushing? And the worst part is, is I think they actually had a decent running attack that game. I think everybody was averaging good numbers running the ball, but he decides that he's not going to He's not going to give the backs the ball. He's going to give Allen the ball to run the ball. I, I just don't I don't get this man. I don't get it. Um, why it, it just it kills me. You you, you you still you still can't give Tom the ball. If you have the chance to win a game, win the game. Bills opted to kick a field goal to, to send the game to overtime instead of going for the win. I uh, I I just I don't get it. I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I'm pretty sure Singletary had, I think, four attempts for, like, 62 yards. I don't know what Breida had, but I know Zach, I know um, um, the quarterback had, I think, over 100 yards rushing on, like, 12 or 13 carries. It's just, it's not going to work.
0: Yeah, no, 12 for 109 for Mr. Allen. You're looking at 452 for Devin Singletary. Breida, you know, bringing up the rear, 3 for 12. But, um, yeah. And no, no Zach know. Moss. I'm no. not
1: just upset because he's on my fantasy team. It's not just because <laughs> of that. That's not what I'm upset about. I just... But at, I, this
0: point, at this point, it's kind of shame on you. Because we, you know what Brian Dayball's offense is. And no,
1: yeah. And the league knows now. That's the The problem. league knows now. These cats can't run the ball. And we're going to stop their passing game. And for as far as... As I I, want, I I didn't get to listen I didn't get a chance to listen to the press conference after the game but what was the excuse this week Last week you got torched on the ground this week you have 44 year old Tom Brady throw it over all, all over the place He doesn't even have Antonio Brown right now
0: I'm sure it started with no disrespect to Bruce Arians but right
1: right <laughs> We were we were down we were down over 21 points before the game even fucking started
0: you know, and you know they brought in Stefan Diggs to be the the linchpin, to be the final piece. Seven for seventy four, like not that great. Meanwhile, you have Chris Godwin on the other side. You know, ten for one hundred five. Mike Evans six for ninety one. You had Brashad Perriman with the with the the clincher, right? One for fifty eight. Now that was a gasher. Like that is. <laughs> you know, that is one you cannot give up, and that, in overtime, uh, in overtime. But this is what happens when you play with Tom Brady, and you know we were talking about Aaron Rodgers, right? How he was uh, taunting the Bears with "I still own you." Oh no, 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 sir. Tom Brady owns the Buffalo Bills. In thirty-six career matchups, he is what?
1: Thirty and three, right? Yeah,
0: thirty-three and
1: three. Thirty-three
0: and 33 three. Thirty-three and three. How is this possible? He's is, it in two different that's leagues. That's ownership. Yeah, like that no, no, ownership. he doesn't want it.
1: He doesn't want it. He said he doesn't want ownership. He doesn't want to own a bad franchise like that. <laughs> he actually made fun of Aaron Rodgers when he said that he owns the Bears. He's like, dude, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta pick and choose what teams you're owning.
0: That's true. <laughs> That is true, but that's one of many teams that Brady owns. Let's be real. How does here. that
1: happen? How is it? How are you? Thirty-three and three. That's well, ha- how embarrassing is that?
0: I mean, they're head and sh- the Patriots were head and shoulders above the Bills for the better part of fifteen years, so it's understandable. And then to go into the other conference and just still dominate—that's just a credit to the stat- the team around him. So, Tom Brady's doing his deal, but everybody else is humming on all cylinders as well.
1: Well, I think the other, good, I think the other thing we learned about the Bucks is that they're never going to be out of it. You know, So, you had a situation where they were blowing you out, you got back into the game, but they still finished you off. And with the bills I don't think you look at it the same way. I don't think you look at this well the bills were getting blown out and they got back in the game but they still lost. So that doesn't That doesn't you know they they probably were two or three plays away from being put away for good. So you know that's that's really what I, what I take away from there. And what did, what do you think about overtime? A lot of people were snip, you know, were kind of sneering and grinning they weren't happy with how the overtime played out. I mean, I'm an old school guy. I like the old rule where, hey man, whoever gets the ball and scores first wins is sudden death. We shouldn't even gone this far. Like, that's just my opinion on it. The new rules, I'm fine with it. The only thing I would say about the new rules is I think if you get to overtime, either give the home team the ball because they're the home team or at least let them call the flip. I mean, you already had the graciousness of giving the visitors the coin flip in the beginning of the game. I don't see why you got to give it to the in the overtime game. Um, if I was to revamp overtime completely, I'm a big fan of the whole idea of one one team gets to choose where the ball is on the field and then the other team gets to choose if they want to be on offense or defense. I think that presents a real challenge for both sides to figure out what's the middle ground of, you know, for playing offense or we're playing defense where we we want to start? I think that's an interesting concept, but I'm completely fine with the way it is right now. I don't I mean, it's. I don't. I don't. It doesn't. Once you get to overtime, it doesn't need to be fair, in my opinion.
0: Life isn't fair, so overtime doesn't need to be fair. True. I like you. I believe in southern sudden death overtime. You know, I don't think it's necessary for both teams to possess the ball. The ball because it's it's not fair. You know, that's the whole point of the game. You you don't need to possess the ball. Um, I would be fine. Is if they eliminate the coin toss altogether and just have a continuation that whoever got the ball at half, the other team possesses the ball in overtime. Yeah. I would just be fine with that. I mean, there's no, you know, that I would say that's fair. So it it doesn't bother me, but at the same time, like I prefer sudden death overtime. There's more drama. There's more. There's more pressure. So. You know, it, it kind of is... What the, the overtime rule is what it is. They're trying to put more offense into the game. They're trying to give more parity. So, I, I get that. You're trying to couple that with the um, extended extra points and things like that. You're trying to minimize the role of kickers. Okay. Like, that's fine. Like, your Minniteris, your Gostowski's, your your Justin Tuckers... You're trying to kind of minimize their role a little bit, but ultimately, the team that the the right team won. Let's yeah. Just put it that oh, 100%. way. Oh, 100. Team rose to the top.
1: Yeah, the thing about you know, I think the coin the coin flip is a little Stone Age. You know, maybe there's a better way to determine who gets to choose. Maybe it's like all oh, of you. If your record's worse, you get to choose. Or if you're the home team, you get to choose. Like, you know, no, nobody, else, no other sports doing a coin flip, right? I mean, I don't think soccer does a coin flip. I don't think they do. Um, but you know, because in hockey it's a face off, basketball it's a, you know, it's a toss up, and in, in, in baseball the home team is gracious and they take the field first. Yeah, I just think we need to get away from the coin flip or yeah, play yeah. around with that. There's, around with too that much,
0: there, there's too much. There's too much. Too many variables. Too many variables involved, for sure. But there's one thing that is not a variable. And that's that Steph Curry is a beast when it comes to shooting threes. He broke Ray Allen's all-time three-point record last night at Madison Square Garden. Where does he rank on your list? You have Clay. You have Reggie Miller. You have Ray Allen. You have Larry Bird. You have snipers. True snipers. Where's Steph Curry rank on your list?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's tough. Uh, first of all, of course, there's a record broken at uh, Madison Square Garden, and the Knicks are <laughs> on the other end of it. It seems like the world's most famous arena for everybody else except for the Knicks. Uh, yeah. you know, I have to. The numbers don't lie. I mean, he he takes more threes per game, but he's also made threes i step is the best little time that's it you have to you have to give it to him uh the game has changed he takes way more threes per game than reggie or ray ever did and i would imagine if reggie or ray took that many threes they would have had they, their record would be far out there as well I, um they said you know i, I believe Allen set the record in 1300 games and Steph broke it in 700 games. Uh, team when teams averaged over 23 per 20 23s per game back in Reggie and Ray's days they only averaged 10. Like that's the whole thing is like they're they're, they're teams are taking more 3s now. You know, back in the day they were only taking 5 6 7 8 threes per game. Now teams are taking over 23s per game. I think Larry Reggie are just as good, but you know, for right now, it's it's that he's going to go down as the best shooter of all time. And I'm a big Clay fan. I actually think Clay could be better than everybody. But I mean, you have to go with the numbers.
0: The numbers in terms of threes made, you're absolutely right. Um, threes attempted, the, he's a volume shooter. You know, yeah. this is exactly what uh, this is exactly what Mark Jackson. Envisioned when he had Stephen Clay in his backcourt. But if you look at the percentages, right, he and Reggie Miller are about even. I mean, Reggie Miller is like two tenths of a percent better, but you know, that is what it is. So Ray Allen still has the, still, Ray Allen is the better in terms of percentage shooter, but that also has to take into account that the volume aspect, like you said, but I'm glad you brought up that how the game has changed, right? Defense, physicality, these things are not as prevalent in today's game as they were even when Ray Allen was playing, and which wasn't that long ago. You know, Reggie Miller had to contend with, like, the Charles Oakleys and the Dennis Rodmans and the, phys- the physical players of the mid-90s and not only the, yeah but
1: not not only the physical players of the, the physical attributes of the players in the mid 90s but if 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 a Steph Curry was on a team where Shaq was on the team Shaq's not letting Steph Curry take that many threes no way if, if Charles not. Barkley is on a team with with Klay Thompson you're not taking that many threes big men were the enforcers of how the game was going to be played. You weren't going to get away with shooting that much, if, no matter how good you were. They weren't going to let it happen.
0: That's true. And if you were going to be a volume shooter, if you were going to get the, if you're going to get that many looks, chances are you were on a dog-ass team. So, I mean, it's one of those things that you know, in terms of numbers, yes, it's great, but I wouldn't necessarily. I, I don't know necessarily if Steph Curry is one of those players that can transcend the the, the time that they're playing in, you, you know? Like Larry Bird, Larry Bird played in the 80s. He played in the 90s. He played when it was, you know, more physical. You take those restrictions, you take that physicality away, his numbers are going up. Reggie Miller, his numbers are going up. Ray Allen, his numbers are going up. I don't necessarily think that transitioning like from one era to the other, I don't know if Steph is as successful. So it's one of those things that it gives me a little bit of pause, all respect in the world, to Mr. Wardell Curry. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, for me, as somebody who followed 90s basketball... It's going to be Reggie Miller. Like, right, that's that's son of a bitch. (laughs) That's, you know, that's all I got to say about Reggie Miller. Like, that's son of a bitch. But
1: that other, the other thing is, is Steph is going to have the opportunity to grow a substantial lead on Ray Allen. But to me, his Curry's record will be broken because. Nowadays if you go into a park or you go into a gym and kids are playing basketball, you got guys that are five foot four or five foot five and they're chucking it up.
0: Oh it's bombs like, away.
1: Totally. They're they're only shooting threes. They're not cutting to the basket. They're perfecting that three point shot. So I've gotta believe that there's A kid out there like Clay Thompson who doesn't need any dribbles and doesn't need anything is just going to stand in the corner and bury it every time you give it to him. Now, Steph, I have to say, his game is well-rounded. I mean, he really does look to go to the basket. And then he'll dribble out and he'll find his three-point shot. I mean, that's his bread and butter. But he is a well-all – he's an all-around player. And the craziness about it all, and I was thinking about this um, after we broke our staff meeting today, was – As good as this record is, and as good of a player he is, he still doesn't crack my top 10 of the greatest of all time. And I don't think he can unless he wins at least two more championships. There's just so many, to me, there's a lot of players ahead of him. Now, Ray Allen and Reggie Miller probably aren't ahead of him anymore, but to me, he's not passing Bird with this record. He's not passing Magic Johnson with this record he's not passing. Jordan like he's not passing all-time greats with this record no matter how far it extends. Unless he wins two at least two more championships. I don't think I don't really know if it does much for him all-time.
0: Probably not. I mean, if you're looking at the greatest players of all time, you have Wilt, Kareem, yeah, Magic, Larry, yeah. Michael right. Jordan, Kobe, I, Kobe,
1: Shaq. LeBron. Yes.
0: Yeah. So that does that. That leaves him on the outside looking in. It definitely does. So, you know, it's a good individual achievement. And, you know, he's definitely going to, you know, be far and away for a while. Because the second, I think the only other active player that's close is James Harden. And he isn't even that close. Right. So this is something that Steph Curry is going to hold for a pretty long time until another high-volume shooter can get into the league and really uh, wreak havoc on opposing
1: defenses. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto, we really care about what's under your hood.
0: More or less? All right, boys and girls, you know the drill. We give you a statement. It's either more likely or less likely that it's going to happen. More or less, number one, an NFL team will have to forfeit a game this season due to COVID.
1: Yeah, this comes because of all the breakouts happening right now, right? The the NHL and the NBA have had to postpone some games. Uh, The NFL hasn't had to reschedule anything yet, but... I'm gonna go less likely. Uh, I'm curious to see what happens because the the NFL, there's just a lot at stake here. They they don't have, you know, it's it's just a profession where they're they're all about the next man up mentality. I mean, they let the Broncos play without a quarterback last year. <laughs> I mean, it's, so I'm gonna go less likely. They're going to find a way to play. They're going to find a way to cram everything in. Unless you have a situation where like seven quarterbacks go down, right? Unless you have like Pat Mahomes, uh, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott all get this virus. They're really not going to be postponing games or or allowing any team to forfeit.
0: I'm going to go less likely as well. I mean, you're looking at the Falcons, Lions, Vikings, Washington football team, Chicago Bears, Cleveland Browns, the Los Angeles Rams. These are the teams that are, you know, currently under the enhanced COVID protocols. So it's, it's less likely that they're going to put teams in jeopardy because of the time of year it is. Like, we are now officially in the playoff stretch. If it was earlier in the year, possibly they would have. But you can't afford, but just take the Cleveland Browns, right? They're playing the Raiders this weekend. The Cleveland Browns are still in the hunt for a division. There's a laundry list of players on the COVID list right now. They could theoretically forfeit this game. But if the Browns miss out because of a forfeit, you have a, you know, there's a legitimate claim of fraudulence to whoever wins that division title. So if it was earlier in the year, I would totally say that, you know, they'd be on board to forfeit. But now that, you know, now that the rubber meets the road and they're really about to deliver onto playoff teams, they'd be insane to start forfeiting games. More or less, number two, Yasiel Puig has played his last Major League Baseball game.
1: That guy! Oy! This comes as Puig signs a contract with the Korean League. Uh, I'm going to say more likely... Korean league is perfect for this guy, even Dominican, some independent ball. That's where he belongs. He's not a, he's not a pro. He's been out of the league for two years now. Well,
0: there were plenty of allegations, right? There's plenty of smoke regarding multiple sexual assault cases stemming all the way back from 2017. And for that reason, it's more likely just from a pre, just from a PR standpoint. Never mind performance on the field. He's has shown that he is not capable of being a major leaguer. And honestly, it's for the best. I mean, he's wild, unbridled, undisciplined. That's where he gets the nickname, the wild horse. Fun, uh, he was a, a, a decent player. He wasn't, uh, you know, something. He didn't light the world on fire like the Dodgers were hoping. But at the same time, you know, we're it's not just about your performance on the field. You have to be a model citizen off the field. And that's what three sexual assault allegations against Mr. Queeg to the point where he ran to Mexico. He ran to Mexico to, to sign with a team, and now he's in he's in Korea. It doesn't look good. It definitely doesn't look good. So I'm going to say more likely that Yasiel Puig is done in Major League Baseball. Absolutely. I will I will say this. Trevor Bauer will pitch again before Yasiel Puig steps foot in the U.S. again. More or less number three. Antonio Brown has played his last game as a Tampa Bay Buck. I sense a theme here. <laughs>
1: I am gonna go less likely. Brady knows A B means Super Bowl championship. There's no way he's gonna let the Tampa Bay Bucks cut that guy. So uh I am gonna say that it is less likely he, he needs A B there. I mean they're winning all these games without A B. Imagine when he gets back. Jesus. So yeah, I'm saying less likely.
0: It's less likely because Tom Brady's in his corner. However, you know, he is an extra piece on this team. And that's crazy to think that Antonio Brown is an extra piece anywhere. When you have Evans and Godwin and Gronkowski and Fournette. He's a luxury. He's absolutely a luxury. And you're looking at five games this year... 29 receptions, 418 yards, four touchdowns. Definitely, you know, he's not he's not a featured portion of this, but it really stems from his judgment or lack thereof, particularly regarding faking his covid faking his covid vaccination card. Bruce Arians is sensitive to this. Like he's a he's a cancer survivor. He's immunocompromised. Like of course he's going to of course he's he's going to bristle at this. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if they cut him to send a message, would Brady be up in arms? Probably, but at the end of the day, you're really cutting your third or fourth receiver. And I doubt that Brady is really going to, you know, Really, put up any kind of defense for that.
1: You can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Pop Stars, located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school, and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Popstars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top-notch. Westchester Popstars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester pop stars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google.
0: The Fade Store presents the alleged superstar of the week award. Alright, boys and girls, it is time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. You know the rules. We give our nominees, we put the poll up on our Twitter, at FadeRouteDNZ. You have one week from today, one week from the show going live, and the poll going live, to vote and let us know who takes home the Alleged Superstar superstar Statue. Can't even say it, I'm so excited that we... (laughs) affectionately call the ass. And do you know who took home the ass last week, D?
1: I don't. I don't.
0: The lovely odd couple of Rob Manfred and Tony Clark. Congratulations, gentlemen. You are the asses for last week. So, who are your nominees this week, D?
1: Alright, so first up, I've got Kyrie Irving. He's a repeat person I put on this list I feel like posting pictures of lacing up the Kyrie 8's clearly the best sneaker you should be using is the one for walking because you haven't stepped foot on a basketball court but he's got to promote the sneaker some way so I am gonna go with Kyrie Irving you are my alleged superstar of the week next I'm going with the Oakland Raiders actually say Oakland Raiders Having the pregame breakdown on the 50-yard line at Arrowhead and then getting thumped by the Chiefs by 40 points. No victory lap after this game, I guess. Oakland Raiders, you are my alleged superstars of the week. And last and least, Sean McDermott, shocker, you're back on this thing. Run your quarterback 12 times for 109 yards. And you're running back seven times for 64 yards and you leave Zach Moss inactive. This is also the guy who defended putting Nathan Peterman out there. Sean McDermott, you are my alleged superstar of the week. What say you, Z?
0: All good choices. All good choices. You stole one of mine, Kyrie Irving. Absolutely. I understand you need to promote your shoe, especially since you're not playing. But... You gotta be kidding me like, You gotta be kidding me Kyrie Seriously, Seriously. Dude come On Next up Joe Judge The power of positivity Well your team positively stinks You were up You were down rather Down by 30 and you Somehow found Some Little nuggets of hope I don't know how Joe Judge, that is alleged superstar of the week behavior. And last but not least, Urban Meyer. Allegedly (laughs) kicking your your kicker and telling him, hey, dipshit, make your fucking kicks. Can anything go right in Jacksonville? Because it doesn't look like it is. Urban Meyer, you are my alleged superstar of the week we have made our cases ladies and gentlemen the poll goes live after the show and for our nominees just do better boys just do better Let's run the option and give you our picks for the week. All right, it is the option for week 15. How'd you do last week, brother? I
1: did all right. I got not, I was nine and five last week. I'll take that.
0: Yeah, that was a comeback week for us both, nine and five as well. So we'll take it and build on the momentum for sure. Bye weeks are over, ladies and gentlemen, so make sure you have your fantasy starters in.
1: It's playoff time. It is
0: playoff time, absolutely, so make sure your rosters are set up. And since it's December, you know what that means, right? We now have four, count them, four days of football this weekend starting with tomorrow night as the nine and four chiefs take on the eight and five chargers
1: yeah it's hard to root against it's hard to see anybody beating the chiefs right now their defense is i think averaging like 11 points per game the last couple of games so i allowing 11 points per game last four games so i'm gonna go with the chiefs
0: this is tough i mean the chargers didn't exactly play stiff competition last week with the Giants, but uh, you know they're going to play the Chiefs close. But at the end of the day, how about them Chiefs? Saturday night is all right for football, starting at four thirty. The six and seven Raiders at the COVID-ravaged seven and six Cleveland Browns.
1: Yeah, but the Ra- the Raiders are just to take the Browns.
0: Kareem Hunt is out, Nick Chubb is in. All they got to do is turn around and hand the ball off. I'm going with the Browns, even without Baker Mayfield and the laundry list of players. 8:15, the 9 and 4 Patriots at the 7 and 6 Colts. Used to be a big rivalry. Now, not so much.
1: <laughs> I'm taking the Colts I, I, believe, I believe in the Colts I believe in them
0: I believe in Jonathan Taylor I think he's definitely a stud I'm still not sold on the Colts I'm going to go with the Pats Damian Harris is going to have a day and Mac Jones will do just enough to win Sunday, Sunday, Sunday Oh, we start with this one. The 9-4 and four Dallas Cowboys at the 4-9 and nine New York Football Giants.
1: Cowboys, nothing more to say there.
0: Glennon's still your starter. Daniel Jones is probably done for the year. This team is in a tailspin and will most likely be looking for a new GM, a new head coach, and possibly a new starting quarterback. Cowboys in a route. The 2-11 Texans at the 2-11 Jaguars. It is the mediocrity bowl.
1: (laughs) Taking the Urban Meyer kicking kickers Jaguars.
0: (laughs) There's a lot of drama right now. There is a lot of drama in Jacksonville. And I don't know if this team is good enough to withstand it. You know, there's Drama in the running back room. There's drama with the head coach. Not to mention that they're just not very good. I mean, this is tough. It's the two bags of shit theory. So I'm gonna go with the Texans because they suck less. The nine and four Titans at the six, six and one Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: Oh. I'm going with the Titans. The Steelers just uh, last week was a bad look for them.
0: The Steelers don't do anything for me. Derrick Henry's still out, but Julio is back. He definitely made a little bit of an impact. More of an impact than anybody on the Steelers will. I'm going to take the Titans for sure. The 3 and 10 Jets at the 6 and 7 Miami Dolphins. Dolphins Not close either. I'm taking the Dolphins as well. They get back to 500. NFC East rivalry game. The 6-7 Washington football team at the 6-7
1: Eagles. I'm going to go with the Eagles. Eagles. Eagles.
0: I'm going to go with the Eagles as well. Heineke left last week's game. Kyle Allen took over for him. Who knows what the injury status is. McLaurin left the game last week. I don't know what his injury status is. I'm going to go with the Eagles because they, I at least know what they are. Well, we'll see. Actually, we don't really know what they are because I saw a report that Hurts and Minshew are splitting reps. So who would you start, Minshew or Hurts?
1: Oh, God, I didn't hear about that. Jeez. Uh, I, I would start Hurts. Yeah.
0: Even after last week's performance with Minshew or two weeks ago. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because I mean this is what this is what Jalen Hurts thrives on, right? I mean this happened in Alabama and he came back and went to Oklahoma and lit it up for Lincoln Riley. Like the whole Garner Minshew was exactly what he needed to boost him to play at a top level. And he, and I really truly believe he can do that.
0: I mean we're gonna see. We're definitely gonna see. The 10-3 Cardinals at the 1-11-1 Lions.
1: Uh, Cardinals got bad news today in regards to Hopkins. who looks like he's done for at least the regular season. Uh, but lucky for them, they're playing the Lions, so I'm going with the Cardinals.
0: This is why you have A.J. Green and Christian Kirk and Zach Ertz and James Conner, and they... they they have a very formidable offense. They absolutely do. Their defense got exposed a little bit by the Rams and the delicate genius that is Sean McVay. But the good thing is, is that they're playing the Lions. Cardinals win pretty handily. The 5-8 and eight Panthers at the 7-6 and six Bills.
1: Bills, they should rebound.
0: Well, you got to figure Cam Newton's not starting, right? Like, P.J. Walker is getting... You figure he's starting finally? Because how many times you're going to bench... I don't
1: know. I mean, he's expected to start right now. So, I think Cam's starting.
0: I don't know. Like, for $10 million guaranteed, I don't know how many times you can bench that guy. You know? It's one of those things. Like, eventually, you know, David Tepper got fleeced. Let's just be real here. Like, he got got by Cam Newton. Just because Cam Newton wasn't Sam Darnold. So, I'm going to go with the Bills. It's a get-right game for them. And... Yep, Cam goes to the bench again if he starts. 4 o'clock. The 7-6 Bengals at the 7-6 Broncos.
1: Uh, Broncos, I like the way their defense is playing right now.
0: This is tough. This is going to be a really good matchup. And... I'm going to go with the Bengals. I think that... Burrow and Chase will, you know, will definitely link up for at least one touchdown, and Joe Mixon is going to do his thing on the ground. The 6-7 and seven Falcons at the 7-6, 49ers. Uh, 49ers. I uh, just like the way they're playing right now.
1: Showed a lot of moxie winning last week against yeah. the Bengals.
0: Niners play defense, Falcons don't, and the Falcons aren't playing the Panthers this week. I'm taking the Niners. NFC West Showdown, 425. The Seahawks at the Rams, 5-8 versus
1: 9-4. Yeah, Rams, despite the COVID outbreak, they think they closed the door on Seattle this this week.
0: This is the game that may send Pete Carroll to the unemployment line at the end of the season. This might be the nail in the coffin. I'm going to take the Rams as well. The 10-3 Packers at the 8-5, Lamar Jackson-less Ravens. Packers. Packers pretty handily. I mean, if Hunt- if Huntley has to start, he showed... I, that I he- like
1: Huntley. I like him. Yeah.
0: yeah. He definitely has some... He has a little bit of juice, but I don't know if it's enough for him to overcome Aaron Rodgers. And your Sunday night special... The six and seven Saints at the ten and three bucks.
1: I'm taking the Bucks, and they win the division with that
0: game. The Saints are going nowhere fast, like especially if Taysom Hill is going to be your quarterback. Bucks are going to feast, and your Monday night delight. We're starting off Christmas week with a game, a football game, absolutely. The 6-7 Vikings at the 4-9 Chicago Bears. Vikings. Not even close. The Vikings are going to take this one very handily and maybe finally close the door on Matt and Aggie.
1: This has been the Fade Route with D and Z. Thanks for tuning in tonight. You can catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, stay faded, everyone.
0: We'll talk to you next week. If you want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up at Faderoute Podcast on IG, mail at gmail.com, or slide in our DMs at Twitter at FaderouteDNZ questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. Get at us in crowd. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends.
1: Spread the word. Spread it wide.